Welcome to Pause and Play It Forward, a podcast about music, how it makes us feel and memories it reminds us of. The idea for this podcast came about because Nicola and I are both music fans and as working parents, we just didn't have the time or energy to listen to music new and old. And we reckon that there are lots of people that feel exactly the same way. So we thought, let's put something together. We're not music specialists. We're not in any way, shape or form experts. We're just two people that love music. So my name is Rosie. And my name is Nicola. We hope that when you listen to Pause and Play It Forward, you'll rediscover some music that you haven't listened to for a long time and that you'll also join us on a little adventure listening to some new music as well. And how we do this is we have Music Club and Top 5. In Music Club, we recommend an album to each other to listen to over the week and then we come back the next week with our ideas, our thoughts and our feelings on it. And then we also have Top 5. Rosie and I come up with a theme and we go away and we come up with our top five tracks related to that theme then we come back together talk about our top five and try and whittle down the 10 tracks to the ultimate pause and play it forward top five what rosie and i've realized is that we often come up with huge amount of tracks that we love related to that theme so we narrow it down to our favorites to come up with the ultimate pause and play it forward top five but the whole playlist every single song we talk about can be found on spotify you just need to search for pause and play it forward this is episode 15 so every single song we talk about in the next half an hour or so will be on that playlist whether they get into the top five or their music club or whatever it's just songs that we talk about yeah, the Spotify playlist, Rosie, it's one thing I'm really keen to talk about, actually, because all of the tracks that we talk about, whether it's our music club albums, our top five, or just songs that pop up along the way, we bung them all on the Spotify playlist. So it's there all ready for you, all packaged nice and neatly for you to listen to while you're on your commute or while you're out for a walk with the dog or while you're washing up at home it's there to join you on whatever you're doing bung them on the playlist that needs to be our catchphrase (laughs) that technical term we bung it on the playlist (laughs) i also i want to talk about top five really briefly because we both find it really really difficult to describe don't we and i don't know why it's basically a top five on the theme that's it but so why do we find it so difficult? I know. That's exactly it, Rosie. It's five tracks on a theme. I don't know why we overcomplicate it for ourselves, but we always do, every single week. In a sentence, it's top it's see, even then I'm I'm, st- I'm stumbling over my words. It's five tracks on a theme. <laughs> So this is episode 15 and let's start with Music Club. Can we start with my album this week? We do quite often start with my album, don't we? Usually you're like, should we start with yours? And you're very lovely about it. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like I often jump in. So I'm very happy, Rosie, to start with yours. What I would like to introduce, first of all, about Lil Nas X Montero is I would just like to give some love to the album cover art. Can we just sing the praises of Lil Nas X floating in some kind of... I don't even know what it is. What's it? It's like a mythical landscape. Rosie, I also, as one of my points of like a must-tell Rosie, is about the cover art because it's it's really striking, isn't it? He's he's rising, isn't he? Or is he falling? I'm not sure. Um, And it's this mythical landscape with rainbows and stuff. And he's completely naked with this sort of perfect art, perfect arched back yeah it's i'll tell you what it, what it feels like what it looks like to me is like he is in what's the what's the 
what's where the Greek gods lived? Um, Olympia. It looks like he's in, in Olympia, doesn't it? It does. It's a really beautiful cover. Absolutely lovely. So, yeah, that was that was one thing that I had to talk to you about. That was certainly a point of discussion for me. Rosie, why did you pick this album? I'm, I'm interested to know. Lil Nas X is someone that we do a lot of listening to in our house. And Old Town Road was actually a song that my eldest daughter learnt when she was in year six and the uh, the year performed it as part of their end of year uh, kind of celebrations. And so Old Town Road, I, I knew the song... And then I didn't realise, but you probably know this, but um, they wouldn't accept it as a country song because it was... So it couldn't go into the country charts because it was by a... Basically by a black gay artist. He's a rapper in an... Uh, which is... Which is... Um, has always been very, very homophobic. And yet he's an openly gay rapper in a homophobic world. And... Uh, as a mum, I'm actually really proud of him, even though I don't know him. <laughs> and I know I've actually had a little bit of a tear. Like, I, I, I get a little bit teary because I'm, I just feel like, um, what a brave man. And I know, you know, he's known as a, as a troll and he's known as lots and lots of different things. But I think, in essence, he has had a difficult journey and uh, I think he needs to be celebrated yeah, I think that's such a good point, Rosie. I feel the same. I also first got to hear of Lil Nas X when with with Old Town uh, Old Town Road with Billy Ray Cyrus, um, mm. Achy Breaky Heart. We used to when I was at university, uh, we had a we had a country band come and perform in our student union. <laughs> My mate Matt just kept going, Achy Breaky, play Achy Breaky. So whenever I, whenever I hear the word achy breaky heart in my head, I go achy breaky. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of that. I listened to achy breaky heart this morning when I was doing my um, doing some prep and stuff, and I was like, it's still good. It's still, so it's still good. good. That's obviously going to go on the playlist. But yeah, I first heard of Lil Nas X because of Old Town Road, as I'm sure many people do, and. Um, I love the fact, one of the things I wanted to say thank you to you for is that listening to this album, I feel like I've taken, I've shaved off some years. <laughs> I feel quite pleased about that. It's like, it, it sounds so, I really enjoyed it. I genuinely really enjoyed it. It, it sounded so fresh and a bit different. It's a diversion perhaps to what I normally listen to. And I, I feel really, um, uh, I feel I feel youthful. Was it like having a day spa? <laughs> An oral day spa. I feel like I've laid on a lounger and, you know, flicked through an old magazine and um, had, a, had a treatment. What does make me feel old is that I hate the fact that it's explicit. And I know, I know we've spoken about this so many times and I really have no problem with swearing. My kids will tell you I have no problem at all with swearing, you know. But there's something about that much explicit language that makes me feel a bit funny and um, I took the kids swimming with one of their friends and I last week and I said oh, I'm, we're going to listen to the Lil Nas X and, uh, and, um, and I said to the mum who's of uh, the friend I said can, is it alright if we listen to Lil Nas X she went yeah 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 it's fine it's fine we've listened to a bit and I was like alright okay and I put it on and, and I was like Oh, I don't know if I want to be responsible for those words going into someone else's home, you know, of a 10-year-old. I don't want to be known among the mums <laughs> <laughs> at school as the mum that, like, let... The, you know, you know, we all know the mums that let 
let the kids watch 18s when your kid goes over there. We all know those mums, right? Don't want to be one of those <laughs> I don't want to be that mum. The mum that accepts uh, potty language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I, that was one of the things, Rosie, I was also going to say to you is that initial thoughts were, love, you know, it made me feel I loved the freshness of it and it was really sweary and I'm certainly not a prude and, you know, in terms of swearing and stuff, but it is exceptionally sweary. But having said that, it didn't detract away from the quality of the tracks. I didn't think so. Uh, a couple of times I was like, Oof. there was a There was a hilarious moment and I say that very sarcastically because I <laughs> we were in the car and I was like, oh, I can't. I can't sing along and I want to sing along because there are a couple of songs I already know and I can't sing, but I know the radio version, you know. So, so, so I, can't, I can't sing along to this in front of someone else's kid, right? So I, I, so I said, so I was singing along and they went, F, like that, instead of obviously, right? And my three-year-old rolled her eyes at me and said, no, right? <laughs> So then the next time it came on, I went, beep. <laughs> and, you know, she did it again. She was like, no, right? <laughs> and it got to the point where it was like, just give me something I can do. Just give me something I can do that means I don't have to swear. And, it, it, and at, yeah, at that moment, she said, I think we just need to stop listening to it, to be honest, mummy. Right, okay, yeah, done. <laughs> It's really difficult to fill that gap, though, isn't it? There's a song, one of the Madonna songs is B asterisk T-C-H, I'm Madonna. And it was on in the background. And um, I replaced the B word with fish. Fish, I'm Madonna. And I was like, oh, it doesn't quite hit the same. However, it means we can play it at home. Should we talk about the music, though? What did you think? What did you think of the actual album? There were certainly some standout tracks. I think the first, listening to it all the way through, the first track where I um, I could feel a proper connection to it was That's What I Want. That's a sweary one as well. <laughs> one of me with Elton John was instantly likeable, not necessarily my favourite, but instantly likeable, and Lost in the Citadel. Um, and I also found that the collaborations, I thought the females were sounding particularly fierce on this album. And I was like, yes, this really does it for me. I thought it was that they just sounded particularly great. So that was really appealing to me. Yeah, I know what you mean by when you said that it made you feel really young. I have to say, I did feel like I had completely had um, my finger on the pulse and was, was like totally like down with the kids, you know. But there is just some music and despite it being very sweary, it just speaks to you, doesn't it? And, you, you know, as before mentioned, I haven't had any, I can't relate to a lot of the lyrics, but the music itself is just... Oh, it makes you feel comfortable, even though the lyrics and the subject matter are not necessarily making me feel comfortable. The that, that kind of music is a kind of music that I am really comfortable with. That makes perfect sense. I was thinking, like, I'm really appreciating the contrast this week between Lil Nas X album and the album that I'd recommended to you because mm. they both are different, but they both stand up and shout in their own right. I, I thought that Lil Nas X... 
he really commands your attention and this album in particular does that it's really good it's so valuable that's the only way I can think to describe it I really value it like I want to listen to it more and it will definitely feature in my regular listening but I like the fact that it's peppered with other stuff like rock blues that I listen to none of the tracks they, they really it was really fluid they kind of flowed from one to the next without feeling that uh, there were some randoms on there I didn't think there were any fillers quite honestly I thought they were really good yeah in terms of how it made me feel like you I found it really um it's weird to say uplifting because it's so sweary but it is isn't it it's like really really and he's so good I mean not only is he just really good like at making music like sun goes down that is his voice isn't it it's not someone else's voice it's not a collaboration he's done I don't believe so no so like his voice is just great it is, it is. And, you know, he talks about, um, he reflects a lot, I think, on his, in his tracks. So this mm. track um, is where he reflected on his struggles with bullying and coming to terms with his um, sexuality in his upbringing, mm. his homosexuality in his upbringing. So he's really good, I think, at just expressing himself through his music. And, um, and he also prompts a lot of strong reactions, doesn't he? He's, I don't know if he tries to be controversial, but he is controversial. I think he's very practised at being on point. I really enjoyed this, Rosie. Really great recommendation. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I kind of, I had a good feeling about it, you know, when I was looking forward to it coming out um, and I had a good feeling about it. And on to yours, Hannah Wickland. Yes. So, Hannah Wickland, I'd asked you to listen to this, uh, Rosie, because this is an album that was recommended to me by my cousin, actually, Simon, who's got excellent taste in music a few years ago. And Hannah the, Hannah Wickland and the Stepping Stones, it's the self-titled release from 2018. She's a guitarist, vocalist and songwriter from South Carolina and she's been making music and performing music since she was really young. I think she formed this trio when she was eight years old, so she's uber talented um and this is a the genre of music is kind of blues rock um and it draws a lot of inspiration from the 60s and 70s and possibly the 80s as well and i had listened to this for a while and i had the pleasure of interviewing hannah uh, last year during lockdown um for a music magazine that i was writing for at the time called rock shot so she's always stayed in my mind and so i thought this would be a good one to recommend to you just for something different so what do you think? I listened and I was like, oh, someone's trying to be a bit Janis Joplin, you know? And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I quite like this. And then I thought, ah, this is why Nicola liked Melissa Etheridge so much, because I can hear some Melissa Etheridge. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And then I started doing some research and I felt a bit dirty. And I'll tell you for why. There is nothing online about Hannah Wickland that hasn't been written by her PR company. So I don't know if you noticed, but every single interview, every single article starts with she is a powerhouse. Every single time he uses that word. And there is no presence on Wikipedia, so that's obviously been taken down. And so every single thing about her has been controlled. That's what I get from that. And then that makes me feel... That makes me feel like it's really disingenuous. And so 
I really loved the music. I really loved listening to it and that. And then when I started looking into her, you know, and all of these amazing things she's done, uh, I kind of was like, yeah, but that's coming from your mum, basically, isn't it? So, you, you know, like, and yeah, so, and so I felt like, I wish I hadn't done that. Wish I hadn't had a look because I quite enjoyed the album, and now I don't really like it. And and I and I might have got completely the wrong end of the stick, but it was just you know it, everything about her online reads like a PR. You know when you get new CDs, new new music through from record pluggers, that's what it's that that's everything sounded like. It all came from a music plugger telling us how great the music was. There didn't seem to be any critical analysis of any of her music online. Did you manage to find any? Well, I... No, that's a really good point. I haven't. And now I don't want to sound like a, a smart, smarty pants, but... Um I did. I wrote an article about Hannah for the music magazine that I was um, that I wrote for. I wrote a gig review and I wrote an, an uh, I did an interview of Hannah and it was quite. It was a really interesting one. I was in my kitchen at home in London and she was in uh, South Carolina, I believe. And it was a really raw. I, I really enjoyed that interview. It was quite long. It was like a, essentially it was a really good chat. And then I. Mm. Pe- I uh, converted it into a feature um, I've, I felt like I'd seen her at quite stripped back she was really relaxed and she talked a lot about her upbringing and life on the road and stuff like that and it, even though I obviously referenced at the time Hannah had released an EP called The In Between which is essentially four tracks from the album that we've listened to this week Hannah Wickland and the Stepping Stones four tracks from that album that were um, stripped back into um, acoustic type, type um, albums. So I'd asked you to listen to the, 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 the original album in a sort of rock form, but this was four tracks um, that were stripped back. And she was quite open. I think maybe she was, re- she was very reflective during lockdown. And we ended up having quite a good chat. So I suppose maybe... Because I essentially controlled the content, if that makes sense. And I talked more about her and how she was feeling. I hopefully took a slightly different angle. What about tracks? Is there any tracks that... Yeah, yeah. So I was, I'd been really, really positive about it. And I actually, I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't do a Joss Stone right which is have loads and loads of brilliant reviews and every everyone talk about how amazing she is and then we don't hear from her again you know and i and so i felt really really like supportive of her i loved the really really rocky stuff but the standout song for me is actually shadow boxes and porcelain faces it's a bit slower and i just think it demonstrated how brilliant she is as a vocalist at 18 as well it's yeah that was about the dark side of social media and i really like that song when i went to see her live i remember uh, this was at the uh not the o2 the sister venue the o2 academy in islington um so many things about that night stand out for me but there was a as she sang probably that song because it really showcases her voice there was a guy behind me who whispered to his friend wow she's got some pipes uh, and i thought yeah she has because her voice live is amazing and she um that night when i saw her live that i found it interesting it was a um at the o2 academy as i said and there were some other bands there gorilla riot and piston and they're very rocky and they were touring under this moniker called road stars and i remember that night i was on my own because i was writing for rock shop magazine it was just loads of men it was a very it was predominantly male um crowd I remember looking around me, there was just me, and the only women in there was were me, a couple of the bar staff, there was a sounds engineer that was female, and that was literally it. It wasn't at all intimidating, it was just an observation, it was just very male. Then Hannah Wickland came up, she sort of glided onto the stage, and I'm not sure if you've seen her 
photo she did at the time not sure she still has just had this she's got this really long hair curly hair well that's the other thing I really like because she and I have the same hair so I was like oh my god we are, we're twins Hannah Wickland Carol King Rosie Kendrick twins <laughs> yeah so true it's so true yeah and she sort of came she glided onto the stage and um, just blew everybody away with her vocals essentially um, and so yeah. I think it's music that like when she sings um, you can't really ignore it that's how I think with like Bomb Through the Breeze that the first track that's the really mm. rocky one I think you just can't ignore it because it's she, it's sort of explosive she 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 sings and then the guitar comes in and it's quite explosive. Um, so I sort of feel like um, going back to what you said, it, it is so interesting what you say and I, I, have, I can see that now. Absolutely. I really wish that I hadn't hadn't learned anything about her because now I'm a bit... It's a bit like when you... Uh, I tell you what, it's a bit like when a pop star supports the political party that you don't like and before that you really like them and then and then they they go they go on record as supporting you know the one that you don't vote for and you're like well I never like them anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but uh, I do need to also take a moment because her uh, her record it's her own record label she's released it on her own label hasn't she and her record label is called Strawberry Moons oh my god have you got loads of really really happy memories from Strawberry Moons in the so, centre of London so have do you remember they had a pole dancing pole in the corner that when after you'd had a couple of shandies you'd be on it wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> thinking you could do it Strawberry Moons I have frequented a number of clubs around London town but that is definitely one that stands out for me <laughs> Do you know, it took me ages to work out where it was because I'd always go there so drunk and be taken by people that I couldn't... I didn't, even now, I'm a bit like, oh, uh, yeah, I know. I think I know it. <laughs> Isn't it Hamlet's? find my... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could do... I reckon if I walked up and down Regent Street a few times, <laughs> find it. Yeah, do you want, do you want me off at Hamlet's? I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll find it. <laughs> Rosie, I cannot help. I've had to um I've had to Google it. I, I do believe that it still exists, thank God. And um, Strawberry Moon is one of London's oh. hidden gems tucked away in Regent Street. It's the perfect destination for brunch after a hard day of shopping. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't remember it being a brunch venue. I remember it being um having a light up dance floor. I remember it being quite raucous. I don't remember having avocado yeah. and toast. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds amazing. That's pause and play it forward uh, night out will be if anyone we're gonna do a strawberry moon um all by one Leicester Square, straight on to Strawberry Moons. <laughs> Done. I'm pleased to confirm that it shuts at three, by the way. Oh, phew-y. When I interviewed Hannah, actually, we there were a couple of times when, I, when we referenced the differences between where we lived, for example. Say so she's from South Carolina and we talked about things and I talked about East London and we had a bit of a giggle about some things that were quite different. And she told me that she really loved pubs. So that was one of her sort of takeaways from touring in the UK and in, and London in particular is that pubs. She really liked pubs and that she also really liked the food. <laughs> so um, even though she said that, you know when she's been on the roads and stuff, a couple of people have like oh, you know English food. She's like I think she said something to me about she loves potatoes. <laughs> she was like I love it. I love the pub food. I really like comfort food, and I really like the feeling of feeling really weighed down by potatoes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I thought that was quite, yeah, you know, she's a girl after my own heart in that respect. So um, I'm glad that you listened. I'm glad you enjoyed the music, Rosie, as well, definitely. And yeah, Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces is also one of my standout tracks. It's really beautiful. So two really good albums this week. For your birthday this year, I bought you a book called Musical Truth. And it details lots of different songs that the author, Jeffrey Boachi, has kind of thought as being landmark kind of songs in British black music, hasn't he? Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly it. Rosie, this was such a great present for me. It's like you you, you were inside my head because I had wanted to read this. It's um, a musical history of modern black Britain in 28 songs. And um, Geoffrey has selected uh, the songs that he feel uh, by groundbreaking musicians whose songs have changed the world and, and in particular were sort of... Um, tracks some of the key shifts in modern British history. They, they often enter our musical lexicon, don't they, anyway? And in fact, when I was looking for a gift for you, I was like, I can't get Nicola a book. She's really time poor and I don't want to give her another thing to do. And then I saw this and I thought, oh, this is one of those books that you can have by your bed and you can't get to sleep and it's just like a short chapter. And then I opened it properly and saw that Nina Cherry Buffalo Stance was in it and I was like, yeah, well, it's just speaking to me now. I have to buy it for you. <laughs> it spoke to me so much. Yes, yeah, it really sparked an idea for our music club for next week, um, didn't it? This was your idea, so do you want to explain? Um, yep, so we were kind of discussing that it's Black History Month and we have decided to choose a song that is featured in the book Musical Truths by Jeffrey Boachi and then we're going to go to the album that that song is featured on and we are going to use that album as music club we haven't told each other which it is yet but i think both of us have stayed away from nina cherry and soul to soul haven't we because we kind of thought that the other one might do it one of the tracks on jeffrey's playlist is buffalo stance by nina cherry and i was like i so want that to be the album but i'm not going to because i think rosie's gonna have it so yeah i, I purposely avoided a couple that i thought perhaps rosie you may have chosen the song that i've chosen was the soundtrack every time I came out of Brixton Tube and I lived there for a long time because I would come out of the tube, turn left and walk past Electric Avenue. And so Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue is the song that I would like to choose from Jeffrey Boachie's Musical Truths. And I, and then I was like, ah, oh, but I don't think I want to do Electric Avenue. I want to do I Don't Want to Dance because that was definitely part of my childhood. I loved that song. Um, and then I realised that actually I Don't Want to Dance is also on the album. And the album is called Killer on the Rampage. So I'd like us both to listen to that this week please Rosie that is excellent um, I've gone for well, the track is It Takes More by Miss Dynamite Miss Dynamite E love that song love the lyrics there is a I guess like a radio edit and a one that had to be censored version there's two versions but the album is a little deeper by Miss Dynamite from 2002 and I really I genuinely hold this album close to my heart because at the time I was flat sharing with my sister and one of our best friends and 
it brings back lots of memories. I, I played it so much. I, I rinsed this album. I had it on CD. Um, and I, I think there's so many reasons I love this. found it a very empowering album. Love the lyrics. Um, there's some really good collaborations on there, including with Barrington Levy, who is incredible so yeah I've gone for um, a little deeper by Miss Dynamite and to literally delve into the album with the track It Takes More being the one that Jeffrey put on his playlist We move on to top five we come up with a theme and then Nicola and I come up with the top pause and play it forward songs to do with that theme and we do that we come up with our top five songs by initially coming up with five songs each our five favorites and then we get those 10 down to our ultimate top five this week I asked if we could listen to some Bond theme tunes because the Bond film has been released. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet, Rosie. I do really like Bond. Bit of a British institution, don't you reckon? Very much so. I didn't realise that this is the 25th in the James Bond series. 25! And it ends Daniel Craig's run, sadly. Um, Just very quickly, who do you want to be the new Bond? Have you got someone lined up to replace Daniel Craig in your head? No. But I would quite like it to be a woman. Absolutely. The feminist in me is like, it has to be a woman. And then there's also part of me that's, can it please be Idris Elba? Yeah, I used to watch Luther on my commute. And uh, once I actually jumped out of my seat, I went, ah! Like this. <laughs> One of my friends was like three people down from me and she was like, are you all right? I said, I'm watching Luther. She was like, ah, oh, right, understandable. <laughs> it was so... There are was, there was some scenes from Luther that have never oh, left me. I still have to kind of check under my bed to make sure that... There's not a man hiding under my bed. I can picture that so much. It it still haunts me sometimes when I'm on my own in the house and I'm like, oh, God. Fortunately, they wouldn't be able to get... So nobody would be able to get into mine because they're so full of absolute... Yeah, mine too. Have I ever told you the story about when my next door neighbour got uh, broken into? Have I told you about this? And they went in through the back doors and um, and the police came round to us to, like, you know, have a look and see how they got in. So they'd have had to have jumped over my neighbour's wall and then the wall between us and then the wall between me and the neighbour that got broken into. And uh, and I, I we were in the back garden with this policewoman and I and I looked and I said, I don't know why they chose my next door neighbour's house rather than mine. Looked back and there I so, there was like, what are those... Um, one of those little tykes cars like in the middle there was a big pile of you know like kids toys a couple of scooters a few bikes you know it looked it looked like a junk shop and she she looked at me she went I cannot think why. <laughs> See, it's a good thing. Um, oh, that's excellent. So, yeah, sorry, I've detracted um, from the purpose of Top 5, which is um, Rosie came up with an idea of talking about our favourite Bond themes. So we have come up with our top five Bond themes. There were there were lots to choose from, Rosie, weren't there? I read an article that said they are the secret source of the movies, which I thought was really interesting because they kind of um, set the tone for what's to come. And I think even if you're not necessarily, if you don't remember necessarily the, the Bond film itself, I think many people will remember the theme tune. So should we start with our top five? These are only loosely in an order. My number one is definitely my number one. Um, but the rest, I could kind of interchange a little bit. But what's your number five? Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and Wings. I like the fact that it starts off really soothing, uh, like a ballad, and then it just takes off and it's like a rock. Um, it's a long one, isn't it? It's a journey. It's not as long as you think it is, which might be a good or a bad thing. It's only normal 
song length, isn't it? But it feels, it's three songs in one, isn't it? That's exactly it, yeah. And it makes it feel really epic and bigger. Um, and then also just a note, uh, notable mention is the Guns N' Roses cover, which I thought was excellent. Yes, that was in my top five as well, Live and Let Die. My number five, it shouldn't really belong in my top five favourite songs, but it's in my top five Bond themes because I think it's the one that whenever anyone says about a Bond theme, this is the one they think of, and it's Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger. Also in my top five. Have you got any other Shirley Bassey's in your top five? Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, see, that one nearly went in, but it didn't in the end, just for many reasons. But actually, she is the person that we associate Bond with as well. She Was it three she did or four? Three, I think. Immediate association, isn't it? Shirley Bassey's Bond themes. Um, my number four was Billie Eilish, No Time To Die. Do you know, this didn't make my top five, and the only reason it didn't make my top five is because I feel like I need to give it a bit more time to brew. Yeah, that's a really... Oh, great, great way to describe it. It needs a brew, doesn't it? It needs to kick the tea bag in. There are another two Bond themes that at the time I really liked, but now they didn't make my top five as well. So so it's it's funny. It's funny that I, I didn't realise I was quite so passionate about Bond themes. I definitely have a genuine kind of marker for what's good and what's not, you know? <laughs> I felt almost slightly disloyal going with it, with the latest one uh, to the to the old classics because they're so because that they're classics for a reason. I just think it's so haunting. Her vocals are perfect. Going back to perhaps what we were saying about Shirley Bassey with the classic um, Bond orchestration. See, I've gone for a, a newbie. I don't want to get too deep with this, but actually Daniel Craig's portrayal and the writing of the more recent Bonds are much more sensitive. And like Sam Smith's uh, was a lot more sensitive as well, wasn't it? So I think this has been the way that they've been moving Bond less from maybe arguably a misogynistic ladies man um, into someone who has actually got quite a troubled past. Absolutely insensitive. My number four is Goldeneye by Tina Turner. She has an air of Shirley Bassey about her when she sings this song, don't she? What do you love about this? I really, really love it, but I also... I didn't shoehorn it in because of this, but I was thinking, I've been to Goldeneye. And Goldeneye is the house in Jamaica that Ian Fleming built. Uh, and it's uh, and I've been there. I've sat on his bed, on Ian Fleming's bed, uh, and looked at the view that he would get every time he woke up. And it, it was just, it was, it was quite an experience actually to go there. Um, I wouldn't be able to afford to go there ordinarily. I went to Jamaica. At, with work uh, and I was working for a radio station at the time and when you're taken on one of those kinds of trips you're kind of shown the best of everything because they want you the tourist board wants you to talk about it on air and so we got to go to Goldeneye which is this beautiful uh it's a resort now yeah with this pool and this beautiful house really really simple though and I can remember saying to the lady that was taking us around um you know he, there's literally like a very tiny wooden desk old wooden desk a massive bed and not much else in his bedroom and the kitchen was really you know it was really really um sparse actually and she said yeah but you're talking about a man who basically left home at like five and went to boarding school where all he would have had was a desk and a bed and then kind of lived his life quite alone and all he needed was a bed and a desk. And it was like, oh, my God, you're right. My favourite Ian Fleming fact is that he wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Did you know that? 
No, but I've nearly fallen off my chair because Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is a huge yeah. favourite of, of mine and my sister's. Um, so, a great Ian Fleming fact, Rosie. Didn't know that. My number three is Live and Let Die. So, we've already covered that one. Uh, what's your number three? Diamonds of Forever. Sean Connery's final film. I read that. Um, but it, it just never leaves my head, really. That one, if I see a diamond, which obviously happens all the time, uh, whenever I look at, you know, my jewellery box, uh, it's... Diamonds are forever that comes to my mind instead of Diamonds are a girl's best friend or any other jewellery type song. Do you know what I mean? It, it starts going round and round in my head. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. What's your number two? You've already said it. It's Golden Eye by Tina Turner. Oh. oh. It's just slinky and... Yeah, it's like she almost spits the words out, doesn't she? Absolutely. She does. She's just, ah, oh, because, you know, we... In fact, we've not really discussed a lot of Tina Turner. She's definitely will come up for me in future music clubs. But um, I just, yeah, this is a perfect choice for a Bond theme song, quite honestly. So Tina Turner. My number two is Gladys Knight, Licence to Kill. You know, you were saying how, you know, your number one is definitely your number one and the others kind of interchange and they're all just perfect in their own way. Gladys Knight's A Licence to Kill is just always going to be my number one. I think it's one of the Bond themes that doesn't sound too too bondy it, it, it can stand alone it's just a really good song it can there are, there are a few aren't there and in fact my number one is one that barely makes a reference to the fact that it's a bond theme and it's carly simon nobody does it better it didn't feature in my top five but that's not because i don't love it um it's just when i was thinking of all of the tracks it, it just kept being slightly nudged a little bit further down the list but yeah i love it so i think we've got six songs have we You've got Goldfinger, Golden Eye, Live and Let Die, Licence to Kill, and then you've got the Billie Eilish, No Time to Die, and I've got Nobody Does It Better. Is that right? That's exactly it, yeah. So we did have, a, we had lots of matches today. We need to basically decide whether Carly Simon or Billie Eilish goes in, don't we? This is a real battle of the, the giants, isn't it? For different reasons. Well, Nobody Does It Better was my number one, so I don't, Really, like if, if I was going to say that I wanted any to go in, that would have been the one I wanted to go in. Right, I see, I'm thinking about what you said about Billie Eilish. Um, Needs a bit of brewing time, doesn't it? So that's not to say it's not going to be the best cup of tea that you've ever made, but it might be that all we've had a time to do is just splash the water on the tea bag. In that case then, we've got Paul McCartney and Wings, Live and Let Die. We have Golden Eye by Tina Turner. We have Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. No, you had Diamonds Are Forever as well. I've got too many songs, sorry. I've got Gladys Knight, A Licence to Kill, Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger. Teen oh, I've got too many, that's why. <laughs> I've got an extra Tina Turner. Um, that is what it was. I put Tina Turner in. But she was actually out was she? And uh, Diamonds of Forever is in, is that right? I think so. The ones we have that are the same are Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey, Paul McCartney and Wings, Live and Let Die, and Gladys Knight, Licensed to Kill. And then I've made a bid for Carly Simon, Nobody Does It Better. So then we've either got Golden Eye, uh, No Time to Die, or Diamonds Are Forever. That's right, absolutely. So what do we think for the other song in the slot? Right, should we eject Billie Eilish? Because we've already decided that might need some more brewing time. So it's either Golden Eye or Diamonds Are Forever. What do we think? Shall we go with Diamonds Are Forever? So we've got Goldfinger from Shirley Bassey, Diamonds Are Forever, Shirley Bassey, Carly Simon, Nobody Does It Better, Paul McCartney and Wings, Live and Let Die, and Gladys Knight with Licence to Kill. 
we decided not to do any notable mentions, didn't we? Because there are only 25 songs, including the original theme. And uh, we just decided that we'll just put them all on the playlist. Yeah, that's right, Rosie. We did say that we would put all of the Bond themes on the playlist for this week. Real. And our theme for next week comes from your mate Mark, doesn't it? It does. So, Mark Atherton. Hi, Mark. Thanks for being such a regular listener. We, we appreciate it so much. Mark, you've reached out to us on social media um, uh, via Instagram and you've suggested a theme and your theme for episode 16 is whistling. And you've given us no explanation for why, but quite frankly, you don't need one. When Rosie and I read your 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 comment on Instagram, we we both smiled and thought, what an excellent choice. Um, and we would would love to do that one. And then when we were discussing it, I did that really annoying thing where I was like, what's this song, Nicola? What's this song? And started whistling to you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But yeah, I can't wait to think of songs that have got whistling in them. That's brilliant brilliant theme thank you mark we look forward to doing our homework for that one this week and that's it episode 15 of pause and play at forward this week in music club we had lil nas x and montero and we also had an album from hannah wickland and the stepping stones an album of the same title you can find all of those songs from those albums and any others that we've discussed on our pause and play at forward playlist on spotify Next week, our music club has taken a bit of a turn. Instead of coming up with albums ourselves that we wanted to ask each other to listen to, we've been inspired by Jeffrey Boacci's book, Musical Truth, and we've each chosen one of the 28 songs that he features in his book, and we're going to listen to the album that that song is from. Mine is Eddie Grant, Killer on the Rampage, and Nicola's is Miss Dynamite, a little deeper this week's top five uh, focused on our favorite bond themes and for next week our top five theme will be whistling and that's thanks to mark thanks so much for listening to pause and play it forward please do contact us if you fancy getting in touch you just need to go via our socials that's twitter instagram and facebook just search pause and play it forward or you can go to our website which is pauseandplayitforward.com and if the music that we've talked about in episode 15 has made you feel something this week perhaps now you're going to go off and watch chitty chitty bang bang <laughs> or maybe you are going to dig out uh, miss dynamite's album or you know anything that we talked about today if it's made you feel something or if it's um, made you think of another album then please do let us know we always really love it when we see comments from you on our social accounts it really it makes us feel happy to know that you're listening along with us so do let us know if something's made you feel something this week and remember to pause and play it forward. This has been a Prolark Media production. And a special thanks to Mr Kirby for all of our visuals. 